Hi, this is Father Simon Lobo, and you are listening to the St. Benedict Parish Homily Podcast. So you know the song, The uh, 12 Days of Christmas? It's familiar to you, right? On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a bunch of random gifts and lots of birds, right? It's more or less, you know, there's a pastor in the U.S. Uh, a few years ago, he tried to tabulate the value of all the gifts, uh, right? So, so maybe a partridge in a pear tree, uh, you might be able to get for $34.99 on sale. Uh, when you get down to six geese a lane, that's, that's going to run you more in the ballpark of $150. Uh, and ten lords are leaping, like if you can even find them, that's the first thing. Uh, you're probably going to have to pay them by the hour, right, to, to go around leaping. Uh, and they, they, uh, my, my suspicion is that they might be unionized. So, anyways, it's, it adds up. He crunched the numbers and he figured we're probably looking at about 15 grand for, for that whole uh, set of Christmas gifts. Whether you need that stuff or even want that stuff, you'd have to agree that's a pretty expensive set of gifts, right? Well, I want you to think for a second. What are some of the most precious gifts you have ever received? I know for myself, one year I got a bike. That was pretty cool. Another year we got a Nintendo. Speaking of birds, we played a lot of duck hunts, as it turns out. Uh, So that brings back memories, I'm sure. But over the years, uh, there's a few, I can think of at least three gifts that I've received of inestimable value. The first one, uh, you know, when I was preparing to become a priest, and it took me about eight years. I don't know if I was on the slow track or whatever, but uh, at a certain point, I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a ring, right? I, 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 I would like to get something. I'm not really a jewelry guy per se, but uh, I just thought, you know, something to symbolize the commitment uh, that I was about to make in service of the church. And so, uh, you know, I also thought it might be important to, to send the signal, you know, sorry ladies, I'm taken, right? It's tough being beautiful. Anyway, so, long story to it, but basically, uh, I, I was given a ring, and, and I got it engraved and stuff, and, and uh, one summer I was up at the lake, hanging out at a cottage, it slipped off my finger, through the dock, never to be found again. And I, I just imagine one day, some sort of a, you know, golem from the Lord of the Rings, he's going to find it, and, uh, you know, that ring that to me was so precious. Anyways, right around that time, uh, my parents, they celebrated their 25th anniversary, and so they each made rings for, for one another, and Dad wasn't wearing his for very much, uh, so he offered his to me. And, uh, and I just, I received it, and I'm, I'm wearing it today, and uh, it's just, it's something precious to me, right? It's, it's a ring, it's a gift that was freely given. I didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it, It's of great value, and uh, it represents this ongoing symbol of sacrifice and fidelity. Another gift that comes to mind. Uh, Just before I was ordained in 2009, my brother had a friend uh, whose dad 
living in another city, heard about this. He was part of the Knights of Columbus Council, and they had this chalice. And uh, it was just restored. It belonged to a priest who had died uh, earlier. He was ordained in 1939. And so he was uh, literally 70 years before I was to be ordained. And they figured they'd give it to me. And you're going to see this chalice later during the Mass. Uh, Once again, uh, this amazing gift, freely given. I didn't do anything to to earn it. It's of great value. It's precious to me. And it represents this, this ongoing legacy of priesthood. Another gift that comes to mind, uh, some of you might or might or may not be aware that uh, we've experienced a bit of a transition here at St. Benedict's Parish. Six months ago, Father James Mallon uh, handed over the reins. He stepped aside as pastor and gave me, I guess you could say, the gift of this parish, St. Benedict. And I want to take a moment to thank all the parishioners, all those who have been tracking with me, patient with me, extremely kind over these months. I think especially in the last few weeks, so many cards and and kind words, prayers, gifts, uh, baked goods. I'm going to have to get some stretchy pants or something like that. I don't know if, do they make those for priests? I'm not sure. Uh, Anyways, truly, and I want to thank all the guests. I know there's many guests here today. Thank you for coming, for being with us. Uh, to, to, to be a blessing to me as I celebrate my very first Christmas as pastor. Right? It's pretty special. This parish is one of the most precious gifts I have ever received. And I'm grateful for that. And, and I'm not talking, by the way, I'm not talking about the marble or the stained glass, as beautiful as it may be. I'm talking about the living stones, the people who make up uh, this parish. Beautiful, amazing people that I've been able to, to get to know and journey with. And again, this gift, freely given, I didn't earn it. I did nothing to deserve it. It's precious. And it represents this ongoing mission that we are being called to. You know, at this time of year, we're in the custom of gift giving. Right? We do this a lot. There's a lot of pressure to get that special something for that special someone. You know, have you ever stopped to think, why? Why do we give gifts anyways? I mean... I think at the heart of the Christmas story is the act of gift-giving. Wise men from the East, right? We know about these guys. They bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But I think even before that, I like to take a step back and, and look at this even greater gift exchange that's taking place. God freely chose to give that which was most precious to Him, his son. We know the story. Mary and Joseph, they go to Bethlehem. There's no room in the inn. And yet, as, as soon as this baby Jesus is born in the stable, what does Mary do? She, she wraps him in swaddling clothes, right? She, she wraps this gift of God that is then being presented and offered to shepherds, to wise men, and to the whole world. One of the scriptures that, that explains this, that describes this gift exchange, is probably something that's, that's quite familiar to you. 
We've seen it at sporting events or whatever. John 3.16, right? Well, why don't, why don't we all just read this together? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I think it's easy, because it's so familiar, we can, we can gloss over it quickly. Just last week I was at a staff meeting and, and somebody else mentioned, referenced this passage and it hit me in a, in a whole new way. So I just want to unpack it with you for a moment. You know, what does John 3.16 tell us about the giver and about the gift that we're receiving? It says, for God so loved the world he gave. And just pause right there. Because I think we can form all kinds of notions about who God is. You know, God's, God's this tyrant, or God is so demanding, or, or judging, or that God is aloof. Just yesterday, I was talking with this guy. He said, you know what, I'm, I'm basically a deist. And what he meant is he said, um, you know, yeah, there might be a God, but, but God is distant. He has no personal interest in, in our day-to-day lives. And these are his words. He said, so basically I live like an atheist, as if there's no God. And I was, I was struck by the honesty of that statement. But I'll tell you what I believe as a Christian, as a Catholic, is that there is a God. And that he is real and he's personal. And he actually cares dearly about the intricate details of your life. The things that bring you joy, the things that that bring you sorrow. God is in the midst of that, and He gives His Son as a gift, as an answer to help us. That, That the very things that burden us, that God would be with us in the midst of it. Another word that stands out in the passage is that God gives His Son to everyone. So that means you and your, your friends, your family, the people who cut you off in traffic, the nasty people on Facebook. You know, and, and think about yourself on a bad day. Right? I think of my worst self. God gave his son Jesus to save me. What's the nature of the gift? What is it that he's giving us? It says that we may not perish, but may have eternal life. That we would not die spiritually, but have eternal life. You see, the gift of Jesus is something that we're not able to access on our own, humanly speaking. And it doesn't matter how smart we are, or how strong we are, or how hard we work. We're not able to to get there. It's possible to have everything that the world offers and still feel unfulfilled. And maybe you're, you're asking yourself that very question, you know, what's missing? What am I missing? And I would suggest that it may be that you have not yet fully received the gift of Jesus. See, there's a promise in this that we would receive life after death. 
But for, for so many of us, we're asking the basic question, well, is there life before death? Like, the, the life that I'm living right now, does it have any meaning? Does it have any purpose whatsoever? I was talking with a friend just recently, and he said, you know, I used to be a decent guy, but when I received Jesus in my life, suddenly I gained direction, I gained purpose. There was meaning. See, the gift of Jesus is, yes, we don't have to die eternally. We don't have to die spiritually. Heaven is possible for us. And, and even before that, we can experience the fullness of life right here and right now. But I think, sadly, this gift is often left under the tree, wrapped up, unopened. So here's the question. How can we receive the gift? How can we unpack the gift? The scripture says, everyone who believes in him. Now belief is more than just knowledge. It's more than just an intellectual understanding. To receive the gift, we have to accept. We have to submit. We even, we even have to be vulnerable to say, hey, this is something that I need. Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you in my heart on your terms, not on my terms. Not just, Jesus, I don't just want you as a kind of an interest, but at the very center, at the heart of who I am. And I think it often takes an experience of God to bring us to that point. For myself, I, I grew up in a, in a good family. You know, we went to church regularly, all that sort of thing. God, religion, they were a part of my life, for sure. But from a young age... I started to believe in a lie, in that I had to somehow earn acceptance. That people wouldn't like me, they wouldn't accept me unless I tried hard and earned it. And so I did. I worked hard and in, in high school, by the end of high school, I was about 18. I, I had good grades, uh, I was a lifeguard, I had money, I had lots of friends. I was accepted, right? It had, it had worked. And I remember dating this girl, um, Yes, every priest has a past. You know. <laughs> I was dating this girl. We, we made it to our, our four-month anniversary, which is you know, a pretty important one, as you know. And uh, she dumped me, would you believe? And so I decided to become a priest. Uh, there's, a, there's a few more steps in the story. But, but, but I remember the feeling of that, that how, how hurt I felt. Right here I was longing to be accepted and the person for whom I cared about the most, she rejected me. And it hurt. And I think six months went by and uh, there was this retreat going on in my church. I went to it and this girl was actually there as well. Day two of, of this four day retreat. She said something to me, I don't even remember what it was, but it bothered me and it stirred up all those same emotions of anger and bitterness and rejection. And at the end of the day, we were instructed to go home, maybe go for a walk, and pray with this one scripture, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And I, I did that. And I, my parents live in Ottawa by a waterfall. And so it's the middle of March. It's kind of a, a cold evening. I'm out for a walk, and uh, I'm trying to, to pray this scripture. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And, and I got to the waterfall, and instead of uh, stopping 
to behold its beauty, I went straight down to the bottom. And off on the left-hand side, there's this kind of eddy pool uh, where suds and, and even garbage and stuff collected. And I remember sitting down and looking at that because for whatever reason, that resonated with what was going on inside here. And I started talking out loud to God as if he was right there sitting next to me. I said, Jesus, like, what gives? It doesn't make sense. Everything on the outside of my life looks great. Right? Everything's working out great. I've got a great resume or whatever. And yet, one comment. And inside, I feel rejection. I feel bitterness. I feel empty. And I realized in that moment that my whole life, here I was trying to earn acceptance. I tried to do the same thing with God. Right? I didn't want to receive the gift. I tried to earn it. I tried to say, God, if I do this, can I deserve your love? And it dawned on me that that's not how it works with God at all. And in that moment, I prayed probably the first honest prayer I'd ever prayed at the age of 18. I said, Jesus, is it possible for you to love me right now the way that I am? And immediately, I felt the response. I was overcome with this deep sense of peace. I knew the answer was yes. I got back up, I, I went back to the top of the falls, and there's this mist coming off the falls, and this, this cool, refreshing mist struck me in the face. And I remember feeling like, like I had been baptized as an infant, but I just felt like a renewal of my baptism had happened. And, and I, I, this is a bit crazy, I guess, but uh, you know that song from Aladdin? A whole new world, a new fantastic... Anyways, I started singing that out loud. Luckily, nobody else was there to call the police. But there I was. I had heard about unconditional love, but for the first time in my life, I experienced what it was like to be loved without conditions. And it was amazing. And i tell you something. Of all of the most precious gifts that I have ever received in my life, this ring, the chalice, even this parish... All of those pale in comparison next to this incredible gift of receiving the gift of being loved by Jesus without conditions. Again, freely given. I didn't do anything to to earn it, to deserve it. It's so precious. And it's part of an ongoing relationship that I have with Jesus till this day. And I would literally... I would do just about anything to help another person experience and receive the gift of Jesus. If you're here today and you feel like, you know, maybe something's missing. Maybe there's, maybe there's something more to life than you've experienced so far. Even though everything on the outside might be, might be pretty good. Uh, I would suggest that there's, there's something we can offer. We'd love to help you here at this parish. Every weekend we're here trying to connect with people, trying to help them uh, grow and, and find meaning and hope in life. Because the truth is all of us need to get filled up spiritually on a regular basis. We offer something here at the parish called Alpha, which is a great place to, to meet other people. Our next one starts it's Friday night starting February 2nd. We serve you dinner. There's a relevant message 
And then we have a discussion in small groups, talking about some of the most important questions. Why am I here? Is there a God? What does he have to do with my life? How do I receive Jesus? And in addition to, to coming up to Sunday Mass or trying Alpha, why not let this Christmas be the moment in which you receive and start to unwrap the gift of Jesus? I want to close with this passage from, from John 3.16. And I want to proclaim, if I may, I want to proclaim it to you um, in a way that uh, just you in your own heart can respond. You don't have to do anything uh, out loud, but just silently in your heart, if you would unite yourself to these words. Uh, I'm going to pray them, and I'd like to personalize them a bit. You know, instead of, for God so loved the world, uh, for God so loved, just insert your own name. So, I invite you, you don't have to do this if you don't want, but I, I invite you to close your eyes. If you're open to receiving the gift of Jesus this Christmas, I, I am just going to pray this simple prayer and you in your heart join in. For God so loved, just insert your name. For God so loved Simon that he gave the most precious gift of all, his son Jesus. That if I would believe in him, that if I would say yes and receive this free gift of Jesus, I may not perish, but I may have eternal life. Thanks for listening. If you want to see the video version of the homily, please go to our website, saintbenedict.ca, S-A-I-N-T, benedict.ca, and then follow the link to our live stream.